November 2018, I sat in front of an interview panel competing for a job as an administrative assistant. It paid $14 an hour and required a degree. <laughs> With sweaty palms, a racing heart, and the knowledge that I was just one of many interviewing, I wondered, how could I stand out to be picked? After several interviews, I struggled to stand out from the herd, but I knew I knew I was a powerful asset to have and they just couldn't see it. I'm teachable, determined, and scrappy when I need to be, but I couldn't help them see that. One call to a friend changed everything when she said, why don't you work for clients online instead of in person? Something shifted in me and I started researching becoming a virtual assistant. I read articles, paid for courses to teach me how to launch and asked questions to others in the industry. And I learned this shit sounded stagnant. <laughs> Sure, they were virtual, but they were still embodying the corporate rigidity and mindset. And if I was gonna do this, I was gonna do it in an entirely different way. So I put on my blinders and launched a business without using any of the lessons, feedback, and guides I had in front of me. And within two weeks, I was fully built. Within one year, I was earning double the income I would've if I'd accepted a job offer from any of those interview panels. And then I started teaching others to do the same. Hi, I'm Lorelai Taylor. This podcast is where we candidly share our journeys. Mine as an initiator to an entirely different kind of virtual assistant business and Marcel's as an integrator who took my lessons and did it in her own way too. You get both of our perspectives in an unscripted, free-spirited, and joyful approach to launching, running, and up-leveling your own VA business. Let's go to the show. Hi guys. Today we are chatting about how to increase the offering of your business without going into debt to do it. And this is a topic that hits close to home for both of us because we have both been committed to living a debt-free lifestyle for, I don't know, probably, probably closer to five years for me, but we've been working on it for 10. Yeah. I think for us, it's been, oh gosh, almost 18 years. I was going to say, you've been doing this yeah. a long time. You've had a good money head on your shoulders for as long as I've known you. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. You're definitely the go-to resource when it comes to like, what are, what's good money decisions like even on the on our call before we started the recording I was asking Marcel like hey this is what I want to do is that a good idea and she's like yes and I'm like I did it <laughs> yay <laughs> that's because you're good with money too well thank you I mean we do have a mortgage I'm just aggressively paying it and then that's it that's the only thing yeah. we have and that feels really great so sometimes we'll use the credit card like for an emergency or like our renovation went a little bit over and it was like the longer that money set on a credit card. We're aggressively hitting our mortgage as well. So we'll be done here in just a couple of years, which is so Ooh. amazing. Like, yeah. It's amazing. We chose to slow down on that so that we could do like family time vacations and things like that. Cause that's important. And you and built a pole barn too. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a few things, but so there's been a little more balance than what it was years ago when we were like tunnel vision. But at this stage that we're at, we do have a credit card and we I pay it off every week just so we can earn those points and, and stuff, which is fine for you if you are really paying it off uh, monthly. Well, I do weekly. Like that's how 
weird yeah. I am. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but if you're even slightly not diligent, like if you will at any point let that slide and just do a minimum or, you know, not quite the full thing, then I don't recommend doing a credit card at all. But mm-hmm. if you are diligent, then there are some good perks for it. And I think I know in prior episodes I'm I've mentioned Dave Ramsey, love him. And I, I still do. I think he's fantastic. But I do think that he is the perfect one to utilize when you are needing to get out of debt. I mean, I would recommend him hands down. But once you're at the stage where kind of we're at now, where it's, okay, we're out of debt. We're kind of like just about done with our mortgage and, and things like that. I think there's a point where it's, okay, now it's time to allow things to work for you as well. And that's where I think, you know, the credit card is okay if you are diligent with it. So this is going to be a two-part episode where we break this down. And I think it's really good to start, you know, on the personal finance section. And then in the next episode, we're going to come in and talk about how you can elevate your business without going into to debt for it. But I'm loving this conversation about how, like what we've done to make this, make it so our money is working for us a, a lot better. And that's the point of Dave Ramsey. It's like, you know, he says every dollar has a home and without without like focusing on it or thinking about it or knowing where those monies go, they just kind of like filter right through the hands. And then like, we're like, where did it go? What just happened? Right. I didn't even know. <laughs> Where'd that $200 go? I don't know. <laughs> where, where, did, where did my paycheck go? Mm-hmm. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I do like using credit card rewards, like you said, and we've just done it at like Costco and Sam's Club. Costco, when we lived in Florida, Sam's Club here, that's really the only one that we use because then you get money back and they make me wait like three days after I make a purchase to pay it, which is the most annoying part. But yeah. um, we do pay it off every time. And one of the things that I get giddy about tracking is, you know, when, when you see your statement and it says like year to date interest paid. Yeah. That being a zero is my like, <laughs> like I win. You guys are giving me money to shop. You can't get me. <laughs> Your tactics don't work. <laughs> that is a nice feeling. And I think, I know I mentioned it, but it really just depends on your diligence with money and how you can handle it because it's a slippery yeah. slope. Anything sure. can happen. Yep. Anything can come up. So if you don't already have all of those baskets in place where, you know, you're saving for the emergency, like, do you have your emergency fund? Do you have money set aside for expenses you you know are coming, like the inspection on your car, the oil change, the tires, or just a new vehicle? Because that comes, like, you got to save for that. They don't last mm-hmm. forever. So if you have all of those already kind of set up for you, that's when, okay, you're being diligent with your money, you're thoughtful, you're proactive, then start utilizing some of these perks that, you know, some of these credit cards do have. Yeah, I liked it when you said it's a slippery slope, because in my experience, it's slippery in both ways. So Mm -hmm. like with Dave Ramsey's program, and, and you know, a lot of like, you can go on YouTube and learn about Dave Ramsey's program. If you are low in funds and you just want the answer to something to help you get started, I highly suggest checking that out. But he starts with the debt snowball and he teaches how, like if you have multiple areas of debt, 
how to pay them off in a way that like the slippery slope works in your favor. Right. Yes. He has you start by paying off your lowest amount so that you can have like your smallest area of debt completely taken care of before you move on to the next one. And my my understanding before I got started was you tackle the one with the highest interest rate. And I was I remember now I was having a hard time tackling it because it was like I wasn't seeing an impact with it. Mm-hmm. My money was going to paying like the higher interest rate, but I wasn't seeing the account come down. And that's how we were stuck for so long. So yeah. even though it's a slippery slope, it can be in your favor if you research and find the tools to make it so simple. Yeah. Yeah. And the the benefit to paying off your smallest debts first is that instant gratification. Because if your smallest debt was a $30 medical bill that's been sitting there and you've been paying the $2 and it's finally mm-hmm. down to like $30 or whatever, paying that, the satisfaction you have, it's like, yep, and I'm done. And that instant gratification, we are all in a world of instant gratification. So that really is what I think works well. And I think that's where his practices thrive over some of the other ones. Because like you said, if I'm not seeing any results, like if I'm going to the gym every day for an hour every day, and and I'm not seeing a result for whatever reason, I'm going to stop going. I need right. something quick. Good point. Like, yeah. So it's, it's important. I, I think that following his program at that phase when you're really in debt and overwhelmed is beneficial and just trust that process. But I know for you, like that snowballs kind of switched and the fear of not having the savings and, and pulling from oh, it to use it. Yeah. When I was working on my debt snowball, there was this time where it was like, we had, we had more than enough in our emergency fund and we also had debt to pay off. And so it was like taking that money from this area that felt like this nest egg. I love to watch the numbers grow. And so it felt like a punch in the gut to watch that number drop to see this number go away. Yeah. But as soon as I did that, and I've done this a few times since, like with our renovation, we paid it off in one, one fell swoop from the business as well. But every time I take from my like money hoard, because I love, I love to hoard money in like little areas that we forget about. (laughs) All the bank accounts. Yeah. But I think that's that other side of the slippery slope, right? Like, you can find yourself at the point where you are not able to let go of the money you've saved. And that's, that, I wouldn't say it's equally unhealthy, but it's pretty close. So a healthy relationship is that give and take and that trust in, in it. And you, you have to trust the process of, okay, if I pay this off, I can then re-add this to, I can build this quicker. So pull from it, pay it off, what, you know, that yin and yang. I think if you feel that you have an unhealthy feeling of, but I can't let it go, mm-hmm. that's not okay either. So know that when you're putting things aside for a car repair or something like that, you can pull from that to pay for it. Like it's okay. That's the point of it. Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> It's the only reason why you have that car account. Okay. Like, that's the only reason why I have a car account. That's why I call it. Yeah. It's titled car. Like, so use it. It's okay. 
like we yeah. have pulled from there because we make a payment every month to a car account so that when it comes time to buy a new car, we can just pay the cash. Mm-hmm. And so I watched that account go from thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Down to zero. zero. <laughs> and it does put a little bit of a, oh, that hurts. But also- But you're not taking pride. on a loan. No, there's such a pride of like, yes, that's what that was there for. So it's gaining that balance. Is, is that must have been felt so badass to write a check for a car. Yeah. Or however well, that, you did it. I don't know. Oh my gosh. That first time was like, I'm a baller. <laughs> and then like, they're like good. negotiating car salesmen like to say, well, this is at like 238 a month. I haven't bought a car in forever. It probably yeah. shows. I don't know. It's how much more it like now. seven. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I didn't expect that. <laughs> they're not cheap. Interest oh. rates are high. I, oh. I, and I bet it's at seven. That's would not surprise me. <laughs> when you're talking to the car salesman and they're trying to tell you the monthly payment, that always bothers me because it's like, no, we're talking about the total cost of the car. Stop trying to like pull the wool over my eyes when talking about yeah. monthly payment. Yeah, but um, you can't tell them that you're going to pay cash because they won't give you a good deal. You have really? to wait till, yeah, you have to wait till the end. Oh. And let them do all their finance talk, waste their two hours it's worth it. And then say, okay, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to pay cash for this. Who do I And then the they are like, to? and then they're ticked because <laughs> they just gave you their best rate because they wanted your interest <laughs> and all the fees that they collect from the bank is really what it is. But yeah, all the kickbacks yeah. and then they don't get it. So don't say, there's a tip. Don't say you're paying with cash until the very end. <laughs> I love that tip. That's excellent. Okay. Another tip that I have, at least for running your business, is anytime you're thinking, I want to make this purchase for my business, sleep on it. Yeah. The more sleeps on it you can do, probably the better. Because sometimes I have totally been guilty in the past of like, I should do the thing and Amazon. And I'm just sitting there like, it's happening. But that's not... That's not my best decisions. My best decisions and my favorite ones when I look back at my business are the ones that I had the idea. I wrote it down. I researched. I thought on it and made sure, like, is this the expense I want? Because, yes, our expenses lower our tax liability. And sometimes we forget we're still spending the money. Yes, we want to lower tax liability, but not to make it so that at the end of the year, you're zeroed out and you don't have anything to show for it. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the conversation in business has been very different. It has been more like get all the tax deductions you can. Bye, 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 bye. And I'm just suggesting to pause and think, is this something that I genuinely need and want for my business before you make the purchase? Right. Well, it doesn't make sense. Some tax Mm -hmm. benefits don't actually outweigh that expense of the item. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not actually worth it. It's like it's like when you go to the store and buy something, you're like, oh, it's on sale, 25%. I must buy this. Actually, I never wore it because I just thought it was a cool deal. And really, right. like, first of all, 25% sucks. That's not that great. But like, even if it's 75% off or it's final sale and you bought this thing that was $50 originally, you bought it for five dollars and you're feeling great because it's a huge high 
But then you get home and the thing collects dust or you never wear it because it actually wasn't quite what you wanted. Mm-hmm. So so you actually did not make out on this. You wasted $5. And I, I mm. think people need to think about things like that in one, would I have even spent $50 on this originally? No. So right there, right. my savings is not 45 bucks. What would mm-hmm. I have actually spent on this? Well, I probably would have spent 10. Okay, so I have a $5 savings. But then if I get it home and I do nothing with it, I spent $5. Yep, yep. So I do try to, with my kids, try and have them think about that. I have them try and think about wants versus needs mm-hmm. and impulse buys and were you happy with it? And a lot of times they're not really that happy with their impulse buy. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, heck yeah, I am. And other times they're like, yeah, no, I forgot I even <laughs> bought that. Like, okay. Yeah. My son bought a katana <clears throat> and oh. I was like, like, do you need a sword? Is that, is that like, is that your best choice? And he's like, yes. And I will say he's used it far more. <laughs> <laughs> So he was correct. And like sometimes we don't understand it, but yeah, yeah, you know. But I also think like even when you're purchasing like a course or something for a learning a new technique or a, a new platform or or a whole new skill, don't rush into that. You know, really right. that's where because you are going to put some money into it. Look into it, see if it's right for you. See if there's another one that might be better before you just go and buy. Absolutely. Especially when you see some of these courses are like pressure right away. Like the things are keep mm-hmm. popping up every three minutes or two seconds or whatever it is. It's like, buy now, save 50%, buy now. If you purchase this right this second. Okay, that's when you should just, those every the time red they flag. pop up, red flag, yeah. red flag. Like walk away. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet you, Majority of the time, that same deal is still going the next day. You just yeah. research it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just be mindful of your purchases. Be thoughtful through them. And you'll find that it'll be a lot um, more effective and worth your money. Absolutely. Okay. So we will be back next week for a part two of this episode where we're going to be talking about ways that you can grow your business without a degree. We're going to show you some cost-effective ways that you can really increase your offering without increasing your debt. And we can't wait to tell you about all these things, all the resources we have, because Marcel and I don't have degrees. (laughs) No, we don't. We do not. And still we're able to help people radically up-level their businesses with the services we offer. So we're excited to come in and, and show you about that. Check the show notes for any of the resources we've mentioned today. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Make sure you follow the show to get notified when new episodes drop. And if you're ready to learn more about launching your own virtual assistant business, check the show notes for info on how you can launch quickly and easily with your VA lab. We're so glad you're here.